love coming here. I love coming here. The, the people, are, people are so friendly. You know, coming to church is, is, is like touching base. You know, we see our kids, you know, they, they play uh, hide-and-go-seek or they play freeze-tag and, and they, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll argue with you about it. No, I'm on base. I touch base. You know, I love going to church because it, and being here with you guys because, hey, I, I love God and I want to worship God. We worship God here in the church, don't we? Uh, I want to be here because I love each and every one of you and you build me up. But I've always thought this about, about, about the church, that it's a place that every week I can go, made it, made it, I'm all right. I can worship God. I can be still for a little bit. I can think about myself, think about others, and think about what I need to be doing. And it charges me up for the week. Doesn't it, you? We're with our friends, or we, we should be. We sing the song. Sing with me. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. And it's true, we, we have a friend in Jesus. It, it's biblical that Jesus is our friend. We, we pray to God, that, that's biblical, we pray to God, but through Jesus Christ, it's biblical that Jesus is our friend, but do we, do we really understand what we're singing? Remember, we've talked about this a long time ago. You can sing a lie just like you tell a lie. You know, we're to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and, and spiritual songs. That's a command. And sometimes I, I look out and it's, it's kind of sad when I see those who I've even baptized who aren't singing. I'd almost rather that you not sing if you're going to sing a lie, though. You know? You can sing a lie just like you can tell a lie. What a friend we have in Jesus. Really? Is he really your friend? Do you know what you're talking about? Do you know what you're singing? Jesus said in John 15 verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, than one lay down his life for his friends. Who is my friend? Who is my friend? Is my wife my friend? She should be. Shouldn't your wife be your friend? Together we will face the toughest times of our lives. Broken down cars and hitting deers. Isn't that right, Dana, the last couple of days? We'll face the toughest times of our lives, but also the happiest times. 
I would certainly give my life for hers. Are my children my friends? Have you ever seen this on, have you ever gotten this email or, or seen this on Facebook? My promise to my kids, this was sent by somebody else. My promise to my kids, I am not your friend, I am your mother. I will stalk you, flip out on you, lecture you, drive you insane, be your worst nightmare and hunt you down like a bloodhound when needed because I love you. When you understand that, I will know you are a responsible adult. You will never find someone who loves, prays, cares, and worries about you more than, I think I I messed that up, than I do. Repost if you're a parent and agree. I don't know about you, but I want to be friends with my kids. I have, slipped out, (laughs) I have lectured, but I believe they're my friends too. Many think if you're friends with your kids, you have to have no discipline. You set no boundaries. You can't be a parent or be in charge. But I think that's a very narrow view of a friend. C.S. Lewis said in his book, The Four Loves, that modern man really doesn't know what friendship is. He said this, To the ancients, friendship seemed the happiest and most fully human of all loves, the crown of life and the school of virtue. The modern world in comparison ignores it. We admit, of course, that besides a wife and family, a man needs a few friends, but the very tone of the admission and the sort of acquaintanceships which those who make it would describe as friendships show clearly what they are talking about has very little to do with with philia or or brotherly love, which Aristotle classified among the virtues. Modern friendship is something quite marginal, not a main course of life's banquet, a diversion, something that fills up the chinks of one's time. We must re-examine and rethink this form of love, if we truly want to be pleasing to God, we must understand what it means to be a friend. Who is my friend? You know, sexual love made us. Family love raised us. You choose your friends. Choose your friends. Who is my friend is a a personal question. To me, a friend is someone I know pretty well. I like them. They, they like me. I, I trust them. So by my definition, my wife and kids are, are great friends. But so are my mom and dad. So are many of you in this room. So are many outside these walls. Not just acquaintances, but, but friends. Today I want to look at the value of friends, and see some examples of friends. In these examples, I want you to see the value of friendship and how to be a better friend, and and finally, what Jesus meant by His definition of a friend and how we can apply that to our way of life, to apply His way to, to our way. I would dare say that if you have a friend, you understand what I mean when I say that friends are so valuable. Friends love each other no matter what. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times 
and a brother is born for adversity. A true friend will stick by you no matter what. Oprah Winfrey said anyone will ride in a limo, but a friend will get out, get on the bus with you when the limo breaks down. A friend loves you. In the good times and the bad times, a friend sticks by you. When friends are friends, they're tight. They spend time with each other and and listen to each other. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. The countenance, the attitudes, the outlooks, the worldview. Let me read it again. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. Friends spend time with each other. They go and and do things with each other and they, they listen to each other. They listen to each other's jokes and, and stories and, and heartaches. Men, I think the, the women have us guys beat in this area. You know, I look back at, at my life and growing up, I don't remember my dad having any close friends. If he was here today, I'd say the same things. So don't worry, you know, y'all know him, he's, he's here. I don't remember him having any close friends. My mom and my sisters did, and they still have those same friends today. Now, as my dad has retired, and all the kids have moved out, he's got lots of friends. He's got a lot of buddies he plays golf with, and he considers them his friends. He's grown into some friends, but I think a lot of us guys, we, we, we don't look at that that way. We look at it the way C.S. Lewis described it. It's just a, something to fill some time Phil Valentine had a funny segment on his radio show this uh, past Tuesday afternoon that, that men today really don't have real friends anymore. True friends are comrades. They share ideas. They, they share thoughts. They, they share feelings. For some to call this type of love, C.S. Lewis went on to say in his book, Four Loves, for some to call this type of love homosexual, shows an ignorance of real friendship. That's what some will do. Because you have a good friend, they'll say, well, there must be something going on there. That shows an ignorance of what real friendship is. Now, too much of anything is bad, but nothing of something really good and attainable borders on ingratitude, doesn't it? God has given us This type of love too. So guys, many of us have told our children this. If you want to be a friend, you've got to be a friend. It's biblical. Proverbs 15, 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's the kind of friend we should want to be. That's the kind of friendships we should want. Our examples, they had this type of friendship. Ruth, who we'll talk about in great detail, was a friend. Ruth was the faithful daughter-in-law who insisted on staying with Naomi. Her mother-in-law, after they were both widowed, Ruth was a, was a true friend. When her mother-in-law told her that she should leave, Ruth was true. She said, 
in Ruth 1.16, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following you. For, whatever, for wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts you and me. That sounds like agape love, doesn't it? That sounds like what a friend should be, doesn't it? Friends love each other. Jonathan and David, they they loved each other. They were great friends. Even when Jonathan's father, Saul, tried to have David killed, hunt David down, Jonathan put David ahead of his his own interests and, and literally saved David's life. And we can read about that in 1 Samuel chapter 20. In the New Testament, we find many examples of of true friendship. Mary Magdalene and the other women in Matthew chapter 27, verses 55 and 56, they stuck with Jesus all the way to what they thought was the very end. They stood at the foot of the cross. All his other apostles, they had left him. They had left him except for John. We should be friends to the end too. John writes how Thomas was Jesus' friend. Thomas seems to be a very deliberate fellow. In John 11, the disciples knew that if Jesus went back to Judea, he was going to be killed. Lazarus had died and he was Jesus' friend. So Jesus was going back no matter what. You know, friends are there during the hardest times of our lives, aren't they? But because Jesus was going back, Thomas said... In verse 16, let us go that we may die with him. Let us go also that we may die with him. Thomas believed in Jesus. Believed in Jesus enough to go and die with him. That's a good friend. If someone's our friend, we need to have the willingness to believe them and in them. You know, a friend will help you when you're in trouble. It's said that a friend will help you hide the body, right? You've heard that before. That's not a good way of saying that, but that's not good. But a friend will stick their neck out for you. Priscilla and Aquila were the fellow workers of Paul. In Romans chapter 16, verse 4, they stuck their neck out for Paul. It says that they were his fellow workers in Jesus who risked their own necks for my life. That's the kind of friend I want. How about you? We need to stand up for our friends. Paul had lots of friends. Another was Onesiphorus. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter, chapter two, uh, 1, verse 16, The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me, refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. We like our friends because they refresh us when we go around them, don't they? And we like our friends who are Christians because they're not ashamed of Jesus Christ. What we really need to be for our friends is a friend like Abraham. Why? Well, we find out why in James chapter 2. Abraham's faith. Without faith, we cannot please God. Abraham's faith was justified by what he did. What did Abraham do? Verse 2, he offered up Isaac as a sacrifice on the altar. 
verse 22. Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And he, Abraham, was called a friend of God. We need to be a friend like Abraham. We need to be a friend of God. If our earthly friendships are valuable, how much more valuable do you think being a friend of God would be? Remember, we said about friends, friends are valuable because they they love anyway. God loved us so much that He gave His, His only begotten Son. Friends love each other in good times and bad. While we were still sinners, we were loved, weren't we? We were loved by God enough to have His Son die for us. Do you love God in the good times and the bad times? Friends do. In the good times and the bad times. A friend of God will love God no matter what. Do you love God with all your whole whole heart, with all your strength, with all your mind, with all your soul? Remember our example. The value of friendship includes times of companionship and and sharing. When friends love each other, they they spend time with each other. And God speaks to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. We have been taught how to go to God in prayer. And that's how we speak to God. Through prayer. Do you listen to God by reading the scriptures? Do you speak to God in prayer? Do you spend time with God? If you don't, can you truly say that God is your friend? Because friends spend time with each other. It's time well spent. There's a companionship there. There's a love invested. Are you God's friend? Well, to make a friend, you've got to be a friend. God has already shown that He is our friend. How can you become a friend of God? Jesus said in John 15 verse 13, greater love, this, this is agape love that He's talking about, greater love, with the word greater, this love is going to be compared or, or defined by what's said next. Okay? Greater love has no one than this, than one lay down his life for his friends. Now many have said what this means is that you'll be willing to die for your friends. And this phrase certainly includes this meaning. But it goes so much deeper. When one lays down their life, when one lays something down according to this phrase, they lay off, they they lay aside their life, they, they carry their life, they carry their, their wants, their desires, no more. Maybe, maybe they can pick them up later, but they lay them down. They drop everything, we might say. Affection, feelings, desires, heart, mind, soul, maybe even your very life. That's what you lay down, that's what you drop. You do this for your friends. There's no greater love. You can be this type of friend to God if you will read, understand, and obey 
The very next verse. You are my friends, Jesus said, if you do whatever I command you. Abraham was a friend of God's because he did just this. When called out of his homeland, he went. Hebrews 11, verse 8. When asked to believe God would bless him with a son, he believed it. Romans chapter 14, excuse me, Romans chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. When asked to offer up his son on the altar, he did that. Hebrews 11, verses 17 through 19. And we find Jesus and James in agreement. You are my friends if you do what I command you, says Jesus. And his command to us is to believe. Mark 16, verse 16. Repent. Luke 13, verse 3. Confess. Matthew 10, verse 32. And be baptized. Mark 16, 16. These are the commands of Jesus Christ. If you are His friends, you will obey the commands. Is Jesus your friend? Well, have you obeyed Him? He's your friend if you obey Him. Will you lay down your life for Jesus? There's no greater love. Jesus ought to know. He did so for you. Is Jesus your friend? He can be. If you will obey Him right now. Let's together.